Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. It's a Thursday. Good morning. Good morning, morning, morning. Ambush? <sighs> yes, ma'am. Mambush? That's me. Mm-hmm. No breathing into the mic today. Oh, you're gonna sorry. you're gonna pull your face away from it. I can't. Oh, okay. Well, I tried, friends. I pulled the mic away from my face. How's that? Uh, either, uh, you know. Hey, yeah. whatever right. handles the scandal. I want to get close to the people. I want to, you know, take them in. Uh-oh. You know? Huh? Okay. You could say things like "Good morning, friends, text fam, squad, folks, <laughs> <laughs> family, fram, text fram." You yeah, could that do works. that first before you like breathe, breathe into them. Little. Yeah, breathe into the mic like a dragon. Don't tempt me. No, don't. Don't make it ambush. a compliment. Okay. Dragon bird. <laughs> okay. I born, I, listen, I was born the year of the dragon, so like. Oh. Yeah. Not you know. Oh, not I was Cisco. speaking to your. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wow, there are so many things happening. <laughs> My right eye is twitching. Somebody text me and tell me what that means. Because is it just that ambush is irritating or is wow. it? <laughs> is, that, is that a physical reaction? To, to... Is that a physical reaction to dragon's blood? <laughs> just wondering. What I'm is just the Lord of the Rings going on in here? <laughs> what is happening? In middle a, earth? Come on. I am a sleepy lady today. Uh, You're a sleepy lady? Yeah, I went to bed at a reasonable hour for... I have a, I my have a, life. I have a query for you. So, no, no, that's not a reason why I was not even. I said for my life. I didn't. I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, questions, concerns. I have a query for not just you, but oh. all of our listeners. How well did you sleep in seventy-seven degrees? Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you get the reason? Well, seventy-seven sleep? isn't as bad as uh, what I think it actually feels like. Like even if it's seventy-seven, it feels like eighty-nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm drained. Are you Are you guys drained? I'm drained. I'm a wee bit drained. And I'm not trying to be the, oh, I'm from Portland and we have a mild climate. But I'm from <laughs> Portland and we used to have a mild climate. <laughs> and uh, I just, I'm just trying to get my old thing back. You know? I'm this new sun is a whole different beast. Bruh. And it's a burden. I'm not a fan. Nah. I'm not a fan at all. No. Mm-mm. But you know, it's not all bad. I think we had a text already. Could be wrong. You're wrong. I am wrong. <laughs> all right, but it's not all bad because uh, there's some big things happening this weekend. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. X-ray FM invites you to Summer Soundwaves on Saturday, July 30th. Huh? What is Summer Soundwaves? You ask. I do ask. Tis a party. We'll be hanging out on the show bar patio at Revolution Hall, and we'd love to see you. Oh, the show bar. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, many glasses of wine there. Yeah. I've been to a couple of hip-hop shows there as well. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, what are you talking about? You know what else we saw at Revolution Hall? <laughs> what? Mayor Hawthorne. No. Years ago. Oh, were you not there? Whoopsies. Me and Lily did. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. I was like, whom was this other <laughs> ambush like person that you may have my who, other, who you mistaken me for? My other puzzle piece. Hmm. My sister. How about that? Keep an eye on this. 
This is a really good show. Just to be, it's Mayor Hawthorne. Just to bring it back around. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of something that I missed. It's Mayor Hawthorne. I mean, you've seen you Mayor Hawthorne. In show bar? That's I've, an intimate show. Of, no, in Revolution oh, it was Hall. In Revolution Hall. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, what? Yeah, no. Revolution wow. Hall. I, I'd have been salty about that. Yeah. Okay, so there will be a vinyl fair, hourly raffles, frozen treats and activities for all ages, including the pups in your life, and Saturday's DJ that you know and love, plus a few special guests from Friends of Noise will be broadcasting live from the event, noon to 10 p.m. Booyah. Shout out, Friends of Noise. Yeah. Again, Summer Sound Waves is this Saturday, July 30th. It starts at noon. It's free. It's all ages. Until 7 p.m. when the dance party begins inside the show bar. Man. Big things. That's it. That's it. Good morning, Rudo. Rudo. I grabbed issue 14, Breda. Yeah, I forgot it last week and ran back and got it this week. Smart. Yeah. yeah. You did show up with uh, on a random... You showed up on a random day with a a bag filled with comics. Was it a was it a random day? Yeah. When? Over the last week. Oh. It was like a Friday or something instead of a Wednesday. Ah. Yeah. Can we go to the music break? No. Was that was that a second trip uh, of the week or was that? Uh, I don't recall. Are you sure it wasn't my normal Wednesday or Thursday? Wow. I feel like I think you do need a music break because <laughs> now you're. Showing ah, people what it okay, sounds like so this, when you lie. <laughs> so this, no, so this is what happened. I definitely remember either going on Wednesday and Thursday, but then I went back on Saturday. Okay, so uh, and that's when I got the box. Okay, and I so got yeah, bags and boards, and I bought maybe like two comics because I already had everything that I bought that week. Yeah, you walked in the house with a bag filled with things, so I I think we could both be right here. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, I, I let you know where I was going before I left. I was like, I'm going to get comics. It wasn't like I'm gonna go. No. Get a bag of ice and I came back. You house. definitely went out for milk. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> My turn to lie. Oh. All right. How about nice. we tell them what they're what we're doing today? Okay, let's uh, do it. What what we're a chat about. Let's get let's jump into it. Uh national stories. Biden calls for a hundred thousand more cops. We did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> And a North Carolina city hired a black town manager. Then its entire police force resigned. We did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and child labor laws apparently do not imply do not apply in Alabama. We did it, Joe. <laughs> what do we got in local stories? Uh, in local stories, in the face of record heat, Newburgh tenants face eviction from HUD housing because of AC unit violations. And at 845, news editor for the Portland Mercury, Alex Zelensky, will be joining us to talk about the PPD quietly choosing a controversial body cam company. Boo, yeah. All on their own. We mm. did it, Joe. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. We do got a couple texts in here. We asked how the fans are doing. Drained. Fans are not doing as much this morning as yesterday. That's yeah, true. yeah. Who has the energy to care this much about how stagnant the air is or it's not? Yo, <laughs> it's gone. The The level of I I cared about this, no, gone. I'm just existing. We're just making it through at this point. Oh my uh, survival of the... 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Rough stuff there. Uh, did you you miss this one? Wait, I'm pretty sure Ambush hasn't bought funny books in like uh, months. He deserves more comics. Here's the thing, friends. I'm not a gatekeeper to his comic purchases. He is free to roam the whole Mississippi streets to pick up all the comics. I don't, there's no, uh, there's no beefs. It's just when you have a day that you go and you uh, get a whole bunch and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go get bags and boards, wink, wink, and then come back with boxes and more comics. It's just, you know, the communication may have fell off. Rudo, I appreciate your solidarity. <laughs> I appreciate your solidarity. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> tis true, tis true. There was no gatekeeping here. I'm yeah. Free to move about the country and buy as many comics as I like. I just make a habit of going to one shop each week because in a town filled with really dope comic shops, mm-hmm. things could get hectic. Yeah. And I do not like having to make that many decisions and also <laughs> being late on my cell phone bill. So. <laughs> What we're going to do is... Thank uh, you for having prior, your priorities. Yeah, like I don't even moment. have a subscription box. I wouldn't even commit that much. No. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was interesting that you did not go that route this No, I've, I've been down that route before. It becomes a credit card bill. Yeah. Yeah. They just start charging you. And, just like, and you're oh, like, oh, I haven't even picked that I, up in three weeks. Yikes. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No. No, no, no. Okay, you guys are pretty well versed on my... Uh, Comic buying habits? Yeah, yeah, my struggle. I will tell you guys the reason I don't have any issue. Well, there's lots of reasons, but one of them is Ambush will buy me the t-shirts I want that are based on any of the movies or shows that I like. That's true. The more That's comics true. he gets to buy himself. That's so, true. you know. What's the last shirt I got you? Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh, yeah. That's For my birthday. That's a pretty tight shirt. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting compliments all day yesterday in the Shirley Chisholm shirt, your shirt. It's a really great shirt. Yeah. Also, unbossed and unbothered, baby. Yeah. You know? It's with Nina Turner energy. So great. Very much. Nina Turner has definitely embodied a lot of the Shirley Chisholm yeah. uh, vibes, yeah. if you will. All, all right. right. Did we already discuss what Alex is going to be talking about? We did. You just don't listen when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska, you could save him by going to a music <laughs> break. <laughs> and this is News of My Fiance with Morgan Jones and DJ Ambush. Ambush, before I get into this first story, do it. I have a question for our Tech Squad fam. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I saw uh, on, I don't know, the internet. Now this, maybe? Doesn't matter. Uh There is a company who has created a period simulator, which is to simulate the cramps that you would feel for people who experience periods. And I was like, yeah, let's see who likes to do that. Apparently, they took this to like some rodeo cowboy convention and the cowboys were lining up and then they were doubled over. (laughs) And there was one 
there was one guy, like very young, uh, dude in particular that was like dying at like pain level three. And the way that they explained it was it goes from one to 10. Five is the average mm. feeling. And my man's was not going to make it. He, he did eventually make it to seven. Uh, anyway, there was this, uh, woman who just kind of sat there nonchalantly as they creeped up to 10. And she was like, I mean, yeah, it's uncomfortable. I don't love this, but you know. <laughs> so my question to our tech squad fam friends is if you are a person who does not experience, uh, periods, mm-hmm. would you sign up for that simulator? Just to see. Because it's really only one portion of what right. that whole situation is. That's just the uh, thing you can immediately say, this sucks. But, like, add in the fatigue and mm-hmm. the uh, brain nausea. fog and the nausea and the clumsiness and the headaches, the migraines, the... Oh, I'm forgetting a bunch of stuff at this moment because there's too long of a list. And I don't know how you would add all that stuff in, but that's what we got to get to. So, Tech Squad friends, fam, would you sign up? Would you walk up to that booth and uh, feel the pain? I was going to say. The crampage. Add in having you go to work. Well, then, yeah. (laughs) Then you add in going to work or school. That was one of the things that (laughs) uh, one of the guys, like, she said, do you want to stand up? And he was like, absolutely not. Like, no, I will not stand up. She was like, but you got to go to school or work. Like, you got to, maybe you got to get on public transportation. Maybe you have to ride a bike. Like, you, you got to get to work. So, like, how did this machine work? Was it like an apparatus they wrapped around your It looked your torso, like you or? didn't see it. So, it looked like what might be, uh, what are those little suction things that mm-hmm. you get if you are oh. getting, like, an EKG or something? Yeah. It, I think it was like that. But it was under their shirt. So, uh, I didn't see that portion. But then she had, the demonstrator had a remote that would change the level of crampage. I'm squirming in pain. Just <laughs> I want to know who would try it. I asked on Instagram and not a soul responded. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to know. Like if you just happened upon it. I'm not asking if you're going to like sign up for a trial or something. But like if you're somewhere yeah. and there's a booth, would you try it? I have to get hammered. Okay, preparation. Well pretty just ridiculous in preparation because the pain is ridiculous and you guys do it sober i'm not doing it so i have oh option i'm sorry i quit listening to you that's just me being um a communicative partner (laughs) letting me know you stop listening yeah yeah fair enough it's the right thing to do because rudo sent us a text message that says yo applications are open for new shows at x-ray.fm i entered mine here's hoping Friends? Family? What? I don't know what to say. I'm so Rudo? excited. So I'm just going to be like... That is an exciting moment. Yes! This is what I'm talking about. This is when I wish we had in-studio cameras so you could see us go crazy. This is what community radio is about. Yes. Huh? Yes. Are we fun driving? What are we doing right now? <laughs> Reeling it. Reeling it. Uh, Reeling it. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, always. You can always <laughs> donate to... Uh... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's super dope. 
Yes, uh, everyone, please pay attention. Uh, applications <laughs> are open for new show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get on in here. Will you talk about Joe Byron? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know, Rudo. Rudo, what's your show going to be about? What's going to be called? What are you going to do there? Yeah. It's a morning situation? Man. All right. All right. I'm going to read this story real fast. Talk about Joe Byron. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joe Byron calls for a thousand, a hundred thousand more cops. To some, safety means a strong community and access to necessary resources. To others, including President Joe Biden, it means flooding the streets with more cops. On July 21st, the Biden administration requested $2 billion in discretionary spending plus $35 billion to invest over 10 years as part of its Safer America plan. The plan calls for $13 billion in spending over five years dedicated to hiring 100,000 new cops. The spending would go through the Community Oriented Policing Service, or COPS, <laughs> to fund, quote, accountable community policing. Advocacy groups, including the NAACP, Legal Defense Fund, and the ACLU, are speaking out against Biden's plan. Yasmin Kader, the ACLU's deputy director, said in a statement that, quote, in this moment of fear and concern, the president must not repeat yesterday's mistakes today. The COPS program was developed in 1994 and was used to fund the rapid expansion of local police departments across the country, offering military equipment and training. The Federal Government Accountability Office found that COPS had a very minor impact on crime during the Clinton administration when it was first rolled out. Biden's plan also continues the failed drug war of the last century, increasing penalties for fentanyl trafficking. Lord. A more progressive footnote of the plan would eliminate the crack-slash-powder cocaine sentencing disparity, which advocates say disproportionately criminalizes black drug users. To his credit, not all the money in the plan is directed towards the police. $5 billion is allocated for, quote, evidence-based community violence intervention programs. A $15 billion grant program named Accelerating Justice System Reform would award money to programs that use non-police responses to certain emergencies. Another positive note of the plan for justice reform, advocates, including the lifting of, quote, nearly all the restrictions of federal benefits for people who are released from jail or prison. Say what? Now, I don't want to take this moment. This is this is sort of appears to be a cop-heavy show today. But I want to take a moment and not talk about the cop portion yet. I want to talk about repeating the mistakes of yesteryear. Yeah. Joe Byron is insistent on making the 1994 crime bill be a part of his legacy, even though during his run, he was like, whoa, say, Jack, I ain't have nothing to do with that. Hey, hey, hey. Wasn't me. Arms up. Wasn't me. This is a, a repeat. This is a bring it back, come rewind. And our own, <laughs> our own, uh, his own federal, you know, agencies have said, hey, this didn't really work. This didn't do the thing we wanted it to do. So to, in 2022, say, this is, this is the plan I have revolutionary plan I have proposed is just completely out of this world to me. And in this same, like, you know, plan that he is coming up with, he allocated like $2 billion to climate change and $37 billion to cops. Mm-hmm. 
Like the priorities are just on display and it's sickening. As we talk about stagnant air, as we talk about how hot it is in a place that used to have, you know, a pretty mild climate. That's not like because somebody didn't put their recycling out or because the facility sorted it wrong. This is not like individually, we cannot reverse what these industries have done to ravage this planet. There it is. There it is. Um, I need people to understand this isn't a problem that you can just dump money on and then solve it. When we're talking about climate, Um, we're talking about investing in this industry so we can survive the damage that's already been done. We're not reversing anything. <laughs> like we're not. We need changes in infrastructure. We need to prepare for to deal with the damage that has already been done. Like we are dealing with huge uh uh fluxes in weather, um record storms, temperatures, record droughts, temperatures. Where is the preparation for this? Where is Lake Mead? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where is the federal response? Where's that? Because that, that's what we're talking about. Um, also, any of y'all got kids? Uh, <laughs> and I ask this because, you know, going back to um, this idea of uh, increasing police, anyone that has children or children in their life, right? You want them to do the right thing. You want to provide a safe environment for them. You want to make sure they have proper guidance. And, you know, they don't do things like just, you know, run around the house with scissors. Uh, run out into the middle of the street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, increasing the penalties <laughs> <laughs> for punishment for those acts does that work, or does providing a safer environment and creating understanding that will prevent these things from happening work more better? More better. More better. Uh. You want to take care of crime and make America safe. not want to provide the resources to do so. But no, it isn't I don't want to. I absolutely refuse. Refuse. I refuse because it's not that I'm saying the money can't be found. It's that the money can't go to that. Because these are policy choices. We are deciding to allow the police to run rampant, to do corruption, to do murders, to do all of the things in order to uphold property. Uh, to allow them to continue to, you know, safeguard some rich person's property and to allow, you know, just get to flex that power because that's super fun. It's so strange. But we can't, we can't talk about reform. Again, I've said this a million times. Like if someone is talking about justice reform, they're not serious. And I don't mean the person at the bar that you're talking to. They may be serious and just may not know. But these politicians who are telling you Justice reform is on, my, you know, one of my top items. Yeah. Going to get right on top of that. These my police got to stop killing these black and brown folks. But we need more cops. But we need more cops <laughs> in order to take care of the crime, because otherwise we're going to have to kill those black and brown folks. Right. Um, They're choosing and they're not serious. They're, you can't reform a system like this. You cannot reform uh this kind of power dynamic. It has Mm -hmm. to be completely overhauled. And again, never am I like burn it down and leave it there. Burn it down and rebuild. There are so many ways 
to handle policing. Uh, and by that, I mean safety in a community. By that, I mean mm -hmm. uh, making sure that, that folks are safe. By setting the right people out for the right things. You just cannot. I mean, it doesn't matter which way we say it. If we say it in a sweet way, like, oh, man, those police are so burdened with so many different things. And shouldn't we take something off their plate? Or if we say they're ill-equipped. Either way, they're like, no, I don't want to do that call, but put me on it. Put me in the game, coach. Right. Just in this last two weeks, the amount of, uh, you know, citizens shot by police around the country, the two here in a 48-hour span, one of which <laughs> was like, one of the, uh, not here, I think it was in L.A., there was um, a, mental a mental health situation where the family called. Um, oh, yeah. And they sent out a helicopter. So you have a helicopter, you have multiple, you know, uh, police cars there. And this person had a knife. They did. They no longer had the knife. The police, one officer is trying to shout to the others. He has no knife. And all one could hear because the helicopter was so low and so loud was knife. And he just started shooting. Not even in immediate danger. You can't reform that. This, I mean, it's not just the fact that they're trained to do it, but what's the accountability? Yeah. And we continuously talk about, you know, it, all throughout these, this story is the words accountability. We're going to, we're going to, who's going to do it? Cause it's just chatter. Yeah. It's just a talking point. Yeah. People should be held accountable. Let's move on. Not me, not my friends. Not the other people. Like, they they are unserious about that. When you say they, who is the they that are unserious? Uh, and I'm just saying for clarity. For, I, for me, I believe that uh, most, but I, I never like to do all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say 99.9% .9 of Republicans do not care. And 98.2% of Democrats don't care. Agreed. They are unserious. Yeah. Right. Much like they're unserious about, you know, getting all of the corporate dollars out of government and yeah. getting all of the corporate dollars out of campaigns. Yeah. They, they, they're talking a good game. But the accountability piece is humongous for me because that's that's a talking point much like reform. We need reform. We need accountability. But we will not invest in how to do that. We will not take power away from the people who are currently in charge of the accountability, who have shown us that they are incapable of that. We won't take the power away from them. We're just going to ask them nicely to do a better job. Right. And I, you know, we are continuously saying, how can these people just keep doing their job so poorly and still have a job? And again, have to remind myself, they are doing their jobs exactly how they're supposed to. And, with that and that's the police. That's the politicians. Right. I don't mean... Mm -hmm. uh, one or the other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, that's <laughs> the accountability angle I want, I would like for us to start paying more attention to. Like, we always discuss, like, there's levels of accountability that are discussed at the, I guess, street level, I want to say, the pedestrian level, when it comes to a lot of these issues. And... <laughs> never in leadership 
and not to the degree that it needs to be. So, like, we're talking about climate change and we're talking about, you know, the destruction of the planet. And you're right. It always comes down to, are you recycling? Do you have the right light bulbs? You know, uh, you should yeah. compost. Yeah. Everyone should get an electric bike and stop driving. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's put the big boy pants on. Who's really responsible? This is industry. Who allows the industry to do what they're doing? Our government. Why? Because that industry bought them. Exactly. Accountability. Up there. Look all the way up the top. <laughs> all the way up there. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, uh, we need to, you know, improve uh, relationships between law enforcement and their com- in the communities in which they serve, primarily communities of color that experience all of this turmoil and murder. And the answer is more cops. Wait a minute. Who made that decision? Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's call you all the way back to the top. <laughs> why do we, why, why, why? Despite the evidence and reports saying this is not a good it way to move forward. This work. is not a solution. Right. You still, as the president decided, this is what I'm going to do. The pushback has to be right there every single time. I understand we're always going to deal with law enforcement that's going to complain about budgets because they'll never be big enough. I'm not interested in having a conversation with you. <laughs> no, you're never going to be happy until you're able to literally be Judge Dredd. The, the, until you're able to get there, nothing less will be satisfactory. Nothing less. So, cool. Anyways, let's cut off the pipeline, though. Let's get off the pipeline. Why on earth would you give that that much money? Why would you put more Kindle and logs into that fire? Like for what? Kindling. You have to kindling. You have to explain that. You got to explain that. Well, the problem is, is they do, and they explain it as crime is is out of hand. Mm. It's exploded. Mm. And we'll move we'll move on and get to the other yeah. story. But I, I want to make the point that uh, crime, uh, those statistics, number one, um, or the, the, those narratives, not statistics, mm-hmm. the narratives are forever <laughs> that when when in a point in your life, have you not heard somebody telling you that crime is that where you live is Gotham? Yeah, that always happens. Yeah. But what we know for certain and this is this is for certain crime explodes when people have less resources and so when we are deciding what we will spend our resources on and that is the fake idea that we don't know how crime happens and works and mm-hmm. what what it does mm-hmm. it's just you know it's happening again it's this wave and so we got to get more cops on the beat you know what's even more interesting, not even more interesting, but what's additionally interesting is, like you say, they convince you that where you live is Gotham, and we just need more and more and more, right? Yeah. Even when where you live isn't Gotham. Yeah. It's like, well, look what's going on in Chicago. Explain to me why your budget needs to what? balloon because of what's going on in Chicago. Well, I need a tank, number one. What about the tank you got five years ago? Doesn't work anymore. <laughs> we did a bunch of photo shoots with it. I mean... And, uh, I ran it into a wall. Update the firmware. You're not getting a new tank. No, but they are. And that's the thing. They're <laughs> no, definitely they are. They're definitely getting new tanks. 
Nebraska. And if they're so if they're so tough on crime, why are so many police abusing their sp- spouses? Why are so many politicians known assailants? Why isn't that crime ever counted? Nebraska, you bring up a fantastic, a couple of fantastic points. And one of them, what were we listening to where it was like, mm. and uh, police crime has gone down or something like right. that. And it was like, you mean the reported police crime? And then what happens to those police officers that have committed the crimes? They go back to work. Yeah. Yep. And 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 do tell me why they are uh, so violent at home. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. You know what we could do? We could uh, invest some of those resources into the therapy and to the uh, mental health of those officers. I'm who totally are down with that. Consistently, I'm totally down with that. Other humans take care of our troops. Oh, we're not talking about the military. Oh. My bad. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it sounded the same. Rudo said the name of his show would be Staple Sounds with Joe Byron. <laughs> <laughs> we also got a response to your question from John earlier. Let's be real, Morgan. I already know I'm not tough enough for that. You know, I feel you, John. Appreciate your answer. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. But don't you want to know I'm with you, just man. how untough you are, you know? Man. Would it make a difference is the real question. I'm not saying that you, John, have an issue with uh, any, yeah, you know, person uh, when they're experiencing their period. But would it make a difference? And for me, it's a whole. There are countries right now proposing seven to nine days of yeah. basically uh, temporary disability for people who have periods, and I think that that doesn't get even talked about here for a lot of reasons but it certainly won't if so many people don't know what any of that is like it has been so uh one taboo to talk about Mm. and then two if you do it's kind of like you know every single person who doesn't have one is just cringing like could you please shut up about that thing and it'd be cool if folks understood just how hard it was to live with that and move forward about your life. I'd be curious to know how many of those men experienced that, um, that little test. And then afterwards we're like, well, that's not real. <laughs> they cranked it up even more for us. 99.5. Right. Well, that, that's not what they're really experiencing. It's some machine, you know, trying to break me. Crystal said, um, it's an, it's electronic simulation. Yes. I operate at a 7 to 8 on a daily. Ooh, girl. Yeah. But it's in my head, right? Yeah. Good morning, lovely. <laughs> Good morning, Crystal. Yeah, yeah, it is all in your head, though. She also said, why bring military equipment to a knife fight? Crystal, the question is, why not? <laughs> is, <laughs> okay. is that the question? That's that's the answer there. Why not? What do you mean? I That's, that's really what I want to know is, what do you need? What do you need any of the military equipment for when you know what's on the street? Like, you know the call you're going to. Right, right. There was no reason to have a helicopter there. You think that in a mental health crisis situation, bringing loud noises, bright, huge, bright, shining lights down, like, you think that's helpful? (laughs) They react like they're responding to the (laughs) (laughs) A-team. Like, it's a scene from Delta Force. Like, 
No. Well, they are gravy sealed. Uh, okay. You know? All right. Meal team said. Rudo, Rudo said, play with the toys you already have. That's it. <laughs> Where is the mom in this scenario that's like, do you have military grade weapons money? Because right. if you don't, sit it down. We're not going to get that. Yeah. No McDonald's for no. you. No. No. Not doing it. Because it's just out. I mean, this is outlandish. There is, and there's no. I. <clears throat> there just is no room for this kind of uh, politicking. No. In 2022, um, and it's just another uh, glaring example of how the how 2020 didn't mean nearly as much as they gave it. How George Floyd being murdered. Mm-hmm. How folks watched that over and over. The police lied straight up to everybody's face about that whole situation. And had there not been people with cameras, um, what's his name? Chauvin would be on the street right now putting his knee on someone else's neck. Yeah. And they made life really hard for people with cameras. They made, really, they made life really hard for people in several cases that came forward with that evidence. Like, it was. And then now, it, you know, it's like, well, you can't film us. Right. <laughs> We got to get to the point where you can't film us or at least not close up so we can say you don't know what was happening over there. Bruh. Like the all the Black Lives Matter signs that you see, all those, you know, performances that uh, our politicians continue to give when the party who says that we care does the exact same thing as the party who says out loud that they don't. You got to tell me why. Uh, you could say something like vote blue no matter who. Right. Because this is what you get. You get a, a a diet Republican. I remember I um like <laughs> when when Joe Byron was first entering the race, uh-huh. I just kept calling him a purple people eater because he's purple, you know? He's right. not yeah. He's not a Democrat. No. And he's not a full blown Republican. But he's he's real purple. Yeah. And that's what, for some reason, we we were able to be convinced was a good thing. He'll reach across that aisle. I, I don't know if you were. I'm smacking all the hands coming across me the aisle, coming oh. across the aisle. Smack him down. Smack him down. I don't know Get if you remember, face. but uh, it was pretty clear. Pretty clear. If you don't vote for me, you might you might not be black. Oh, he definitely told us that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you ain't black, Jack. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's how he got my vote. I just needed to make okay, sure okay. that I was still. You voted for your black. You know, you voted for your blackness. Let's try to remember in uh, national races, local races. Uh, let's try to remember, you know, the things that are important to you. All right, and if the politician that you're voting for doesn't have a history, uh, a career of representing the ideals that you align with, don't trust them (laughs) during the election cycle. To align with you. Yeah, even when they say they do for the election cycle. Remember who they are. Never forget their career. And if they don't have that uh, extensive background of fighting for people, but they are saying they do now, they need to have some receipts, right? You need to see some proof of that before you go, well, they said it. True. True. Because 
again, redemption is absolutely possible, but you have to do the things to be redeemed. And I don't mean go like talk to, uh, go to a church and talk to somebody inside of there. I mean, you have to have action. You have to have changed behavior. Your talking points can't be the same. We got to see it. And that's possible. There are people that have, you know, thought one thing once and learned something and they don't think that thing anymore. Mm. And they do different things around it. We need that. You cannot just trust any of these folks uh, just because they want, they say they want to serve. Most of the people that are looking to um, hop in to politics, many of the people, Mm -hmm. just want the power. Just want the power. They want to be a judge. They want to be a probate judge that wants to collect fees for all certificates. I can't wait to get into that story. Like when we do more investigating on it, I want to just like dedicate a a full episode. You're doing a weird tease right now. It's a weird tease. We'll just say that a judge in Atlanta, a probate judge in Atlanta. uh, Number one, did y'all know you could be a judge and not be a lawyer? Uh, I learned that not that long ago, but for some reason I didn't really apply it. (laughs) Yeah. But you can be a judge. In some, in certain instances, without being a lawyer, without ever having litigated, without ever been a part of a trial, yep. um, which is wild for the night. Yeah. Like, that is Super like, wild. wait, how, what? How do we get here? Yeah. Also, I'm going to sign up. Uh, second, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. there is a probate, probate judge in Atlanta who is uh, breaking all of the rules. She's breaking bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. But also, there are rules in some places where, like, judges can collect the court fees. They they have the option. You can say, yes, I want to do that, or no, I don't need to. As a part of their salary. As a bump to their salary. Yeah. Not not yeah. a part of. True, true. As a bump to their salary. Yeah. No, she's getting paid 178000 on on its own. And then with the fees, and the extras, homegirl up there making 280. Yeah. More than every single person uh, in more, politics in her, in her, her in county. Her, yeah. In her state, state. In her state. She makes more than the governor. And senators. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah lots yeah. to talk about gonna, there. Yeah. We're going to take a music break. Um, I want to be able to hit, knock out two more stories well, before. Good luck to us. Because <laughs> we really did a wonder on that. Yeah. One. I definitely want to make sure we talk about the uh, air conditioning situation in Newburgh. Because that's major. But I do, too, wish to discuss that entire police force that we're on. Oh, no. We're we're doing North Carolina next. Let's okay. just get to the music break All and right. get back here. Okay. Give us the story. Give All us the right. scoop <laughs> on North Carolina. Are you ready? A North Carolina city hired a black town manager that its entire police force resigned. On July 20th, the entire police force the fire police department in Kenley, North Carolina, announced his resignation due to a, quote, toxic and hostile work environment. <laughs> the police chief, four full-time officers, and two town clerks for the city of 2000 resigned less than two months after Justine Jones, a black woman, was hired as a town manager. Jones has worked for 16 years in local governments all over the country and was elected and was selected after a nationwide search with 30 candidates. The former chief 
of Kenley's formerly all-white police force, Josh Gibson, penned a resignation letter towards Jones saying that Jones herself created a hostile work environment that made it impossible for the department to progress. <laughs> Jones's responsibilities are similar to that of a mayor, meaning that she decides that city's budget, including that of the police department. Mm-hmm. Longtime resident Cynthia Kirby told reporters that the police are, quote, always harassing black people. It's racial. Though the town council met two days after the resignation, they are still undecided on how to move forward with the new police force. Nearby Johnson County Sheriff's Office has promised to respond to calls in Kenley as needed. I have a suggestion, a suggestion on how to you know, move forward. Hmm. Let them go. They've already resigned. <laughs> we'll see you guys at the Walmart or wherever. Maybe you're going to start a trade. I don't know. But you're no longer copying because you've decided not to work with this God. black woman. So it is what it is. Uh, let's get some applications out. So this is what performative uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion look like. Yeah. And the result of it. Uh, One black woman in a leadership position made an entire police force. And I understand it's not a ton of people. It's a small town. But the entire department said, hard pass. Right. I will not do it. I will not work for her. She will not tell me what to do. You yourself create a hostile work environment. You mean to tell me those people are treating uh, all the folks out there in that community the same? They're there to serve that community? Mm-hmm. One black woman, and they said, I will find a new career. The entire environment. Yeah, I go to Walmart. Hostile. I'm not doing this. The entire environment is made hostile by her hire. As, as if. And this was, this, I think, is my favorite part. And maybe, you know, I don't know this town. I'm unsure about the layout of the land there. Mm-hmm. But um, are they in cubicles next to each other? Does she have, is her office next to the police in the station? No, but her office is next to the budget. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her finger on the budget. But, you know, like that. She's that probably whole, talking that defund talk. That whole idea. Why? Just because she's black. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea that it's a hostile work environment, but you've never worked for her or worked with her. Right. Two months in. Two boom. months in. That's not a thing. I'm out of here. Now, I'm not saying that bosses can't create a hostile work environment in that amount of time. They can they do it in two days. Definitely. Yeah. Can. Two days in. Um, but, you know, I've got a couple raised eyebrows to uh, just how hostile that environment was. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple raised eyebrows to um, how toxic it was. And those fingers aren't pointing at the uh, that one lady, you know? Like, how do you even explain this without saying my intense racism would not allow me to work for a black woman? How do you explain it? How do you go home and tell the people that you, you know, I don't know, say that you fight for every day. <laughs> Not anymore. They went they went and uh, muddied the waters, as it were. As a citizen of Kenley. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> like, what? Like, you wake up one day and you no longer have this. Now, in some places, that's a gift. You know, hey, congratulations. It's Christmas. Uh, but 
This is a town of 2,000 people. So you know all of your law enforcement pretty well. You no, bump, you, you're, you're stepping over each other. And you wake up, and not just the officers, but the admin staff also quit. These are the same people. I'm sorry. These are the same people that are telling you that defund the police as a slogan is so offensive that that means as a slogan, we would have to quit as or, or we, you know, like this mm-hmm. is this is just mm-hmm. too egregious. Mm-hmm. How dare you? That's your solution. Abandoned. But you will just leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's how much you care. Like you got to understand how that does it. Those two things don't go together. You don't get to talk about how much the You're community needed. needs you and that it'll, you know, be Gotham again without you. And then you say, I won't do it. <laughs> I've actually had enough. You know what? I am out of here. I'm out of here. You don't get to have it both ways. This is the hardest job in the world. And also that black lady scares me. I just, you cannot. And every single time you hear a story like this, know that this is not the anomaly. <laughs> yeah. It's not. This is not. I mean, this is this is a, you know, a different situation. But know that police quit when things like this happen all the time. Officers are out of there all the time. Yeah. You I don't get to crack skulls anymore. I'm out of here. I'm leaving Portland. All the time. Yeah. You can't reform it. And I'm really sick and tired. And we talked about this when with the Supreme Court nominations. I am sick and tired. Of seeing black women get in positions where either they are upholding white supremacy or they are just getting folded by it. Mm. 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 But that's where we're at. You can't the, the the change that we think will be made is laughable right now because the system is designed to not make those changes. The system is designed not to progress. The system is designed to exclude the people that were trying to say, hey, you need these people in order to make it humane. Mm. The system isn't humane. The system isn't here to serve any of the people. All of those systems are here to serve a very small fraction of people. The way you said it just now, like made it like, like another phrase popped in my head that made it like super, super clear. The system isn't humane. When you said system in my mind, it was like the machine. (laughs) <laughs> and then like it's just like really easy right the machine isn't human yeah the machine isn't compassionate we have really very unrealistic expectations for the system to be such like what are you well it's a system so why would you expect it <laughs> why would you expect it to be humane hmm. speaking of lack of humanity yes i hope this story really resonates because of the heat and also the location of this story. <laughs> we do a lot of talking about Newburgh. Uh, in Newburgh, Oregon, tenants at a low-income housing complex were handed eviction notices earlier this month for installing air conditioning units in their windows. The Yamhill County Housing Authority found window AC units to be a fire hazard. Residents say that the heat is the real hazard with 100-degree days leaving tenants feeling ill. The housing complex, Hayworth Terrace, allows tenants to use freestanding units, which are often too expensive for the low-income tenants to acquire. Residents are being forced to choose between endangering their lives or losing their apartment, with many forced to leave by August 1st. Ooh, Vicky... Barguing. Okay. Executive Director of Yamhill County Mm -hmm. Housing Authority has stated that, quote, 
Our governing agency recently notified us that we are out of compliance with the Department of Housing and Urban Development standards, requiring immediate correction. Oregon Senate Bill 1536 prevents landlords from banning AC units, a necessary law passed after last year's heat wave, except that it makes an exception for window units that are deemed hazardous. The Yamhill County Housing Authority claims that they are working with tenants to find safe alternatives for the window units. Working with tenants to find safe alternatives for the window units. Why aren't you working with tenants to find safe alternatives to eviction? <laughs> well, they are. It's a, a bowl of ice and oh. a fan. And so oh. you just... Oh, I've seen these. Yeah, yeah. I've it, seen these. It actually is a, a cure-all. Yeah. You don't, you don't feel the no. heat when you put a fan in front of a bowl of ice. No. Sometimes you could, you know, make it spicy, spritz yourself with a little water. <laughs> make it spicy. This is ludicrous. No, this is more than that. Egregious. This is a policy choice. Oh. We specifically said we lost too many people in the heat wave last year. Too many people died. So we're going to take action. We're going to make sure that we can get units to people. We're going to make sure that landlords do not evict tenants for window units. And let's be clear, window units, as opposed to the freestanding ones, are like, I, I don't know the uh, energy statistics or any usage or anything like that. None of that. But they are like 1,000% better. More effective, yeah. More effective. Yeah. They cool a room down like nobody's business. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. We can't have the, uh, we don't have the kind window of windows yeah, that, that, window. that would allow a window unit. And that was the other uh, very clear workaround that, um, you know, the developers and landlords have decided on. We will not make the windows that make those even a possibility. It's wild. But here we are in the in the next heat wave after having lost uh, too many people to heat related deaths last year. This is our time to shine. With the, you know, moves that we made, you can't be evicted for having a, a window unit, except for you can <laughs> absolutely be evicted for a window unit if we want to. And we will say HUD told us this, and maybe they did. Does HUD know about our, I didn't mean to say Senate bill, but yeah. do they know, do, do they know the laws that we, that are popping I mean, over here? It's a Senate bill, though. Yeah, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have a houselessness crisis. Uh, we're dealing with climate change. Heat is all over the place, doing its thing. Heat's heating. Uh, and the solution is to put more people on the street. In peril. Where they can perish in the hot heat in the street, where we are still not effectively handling that situation. Well, if you would just get a stand-up air conditioner and quit complaining. I am so glad you mentioned that. For anyone listening, these are, this is low-income housing. These are people, um, on fixed, fixed incomes. incomes, these freestanding units are much more expensive. Uh, to speak from personal experience, as a family that has to have them because of our windows, it takes up space. It takes up space in these rooms. And again, like I said, they're more expensive and they're less efficient than the wall units, the window units. Um, I, there, there, there isn't a, there isn't a section of my mind that can find the understanding around how any of this makes sense. Like, 
someone had to type up these eviction letters, print them out, and send them to tenants or, you know, tape this to the door. And that made sense. Like, how did, how did they even get that? I understand, you know, there's protocols in place and there's different ordinances and the law just, I get all of that. I really, really do. But I feel like we all have the same weather app and we know we're heading into 100 degree days. And your solution, your solution, accountability, <laughs> accountability. <laughs> Whose job was it to make that decision? Whose job was it to make that decision to tell attendants, we're going to evict you, as opposed to turn back around to HUD and say, hey, maybe we need to reexamine. We should talk about this. We need to buy them a little bit more time. The next couple of weeks are going to be brutal. What can we, like, who is that person? Right. Accountability. Who's that? I need that name. Because I would love to have that conversation. Yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts here? What are, you, what are your thoughts here? What's also, your, do you have central air? What's your, what's your, mm. what's your level of comfort? What's that looking like? Also, I'm having a hard time to believe that in 2022, we haven't figured out better ways to heat and cool a home or apartment that are cost effective, that are energy efficient. Like we just, just refuse. Well, here's I the thing. I did see that there's over the windowsill, uh, like over the sill uh -huh. AC units now. So they're not sticking in your window. It's kind of mm. like, mm. uh, but that's, you know, far and few between. And they're like 600 bucks. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> here's the thing to answer your question. Yeah. They there actually are much more efficient ways to heat and cool. They cool are just industrial size fans. No. Oh, okay. They are just in brand new units that no one can afford to live in. <laughs> but the technology is here. It exists. What are the ones called that are like uh longer? They're not in a window. They don't do anything with a window. Like I had this in my in a, in a there was in hotel rooms a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the ones that sit beneath the window. Yes. Or yeah. they're like in newer developments, they're kind yeah. of up at the top of the So what they have is there's a vent that goes through the wall to the outside. So it doesn't yeah, it doesn't mess with the window at all. But yeah. the unit just sits against the window and then yeah. Those things are incredible. I don't I think that they're very expensive like it's a, you know, thousands of dollars kind of thing, but it's also you got to put a parka on. In my one bedroom apartment. <laughs> man, I miss that apartment. In my one bedroom apartment that was in the living room, it heated, it cooled the entire apartment yeah. and the bedroom. Those things are major. In hotel rooms it's like I cut the AC on and cut it back. Oh my god! Like for all of this uh, federal grant money that these uh, developers get, y'all need to be putting in efficient heating and cooling, so that you have tenants later. You, Meaning they're alive. <laughs> you people that are seeking to evict elderly people that are on fixed incomes and low-income housing, just for wanting to stay cool, you are despicable. I'm going on the record. Well, that and like, what's the the fire hazard part is a lie. They don't want their windows messed with. They don't want any damage that they are not going to get reimbursed for. Yeah, they want their window warranties to still be intact. Yeah, because those AC units can get yanked right out the window. We're talking about second stories. So, in a situation where it's a second story uh, fire, um, it's not like the unit is going to get in the way of the person trying to get out of the window. There's a ladder going up. <laughs> like, kick that out. Get that out of there. It's, uh, you know. But, 
I'm not saying that they can't be a fire hazard. I'm saying that is an excuse that that's they're using. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. certainly. We're not we're not firefighters, so we're not Yeah, and I'm not trying to pretend like I fight fires. Yeah. Right. Or save people out of burning buildings. I yes. don't do either of those things. That's true. All right, we got Alex. Let's hop into the music break and uh on the other side we have Alex Zelensky. We are Bizak here to talk about the PPB picking their own body cam vendor. This news editor for the Court of Mercury, Alex Zelensky. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Good morning. It's going. It could be cooler. Yeah. It sounds so annoying to be like, I'm hot and tired, but I'm hot and I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm tired because it's hot. <laughs> and the mornings, the mornings are a little bit better, though. They yes. are. They yeah. definitely are. gives you a reason yeah. to live during these. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Because my brain stopped operating like around 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just a full drain. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. we're done. Yeah. Actually hit that wall earlier than normal. Uh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, enti- the entire motivation just switches to cooling. I can't discuss or think about anything else at yeah. 3 p.m. Other than getting yeah. cool, because this, yeah. this is wild. It's because it's 98 degrees at 3 p.m. Uh, Talk to us about these body cams. Yeah, so Portland's been angling to get body cams on its police officers for a while. It actually is one of the only cities of its size uh, and just major cities in general that does not have body cams um, stuck to their police officers. And that's been for a number of concerns that have been raised by the community over the years regarding kind of technology and storage of storage of like the data uh, that is captured in body cams and and also kind of the officer's ability to review video footage after they use force against someone, which, you know, basically allowing a lot of officers and, and the union here want officers to have the option to, you know, after they shoot someone, after they maybe kill someone, that before writing a report, before talking to a lawyer about what happened, uh, that they can view their body cam footage just to make sure, you know, to refresh their memory. But in some uh, some people's opinions, it just gives them the opportunity to get the story straight mm-hmm. um, with evidence that goes forward. And so th- there's been a lot of little issues with kind of why uh, it hasn't been implemented yet and a lot of concerns that have slowed down the process and, uh, you know, the cost a lot of money as well and to store all the data is a lot so only recently after the department of federal department of justice came in and said you guys really need to have body cams uh did the city start really taking action to make it happen and so that of course you know the concerns of the community that we heard before are still very pleasant and so members of the public really wanted to be as involved as possible in helping pick out kind of, you know, helping hammer out a policy for body cam use, helping pick out kind of a vendor for for the program. Right now, the Portland Police Association, the union for rank and file police are still in closed door negotiations with the city over body camera policy. So it's kind of between them and the city to decide what the body cam policy will look like, and then it will go mm. for the public. Like I said, they really want to have more access to the video than uh, maybe city and city attorneys want them to. 
mm. and the public wants them to. So we don't really know what's going on in that process. In the meantime, the city's trying to expedite all the other nuts and bolts to have stuff in place when that policy is finalized, which is supposed to be within the next, within, by, by September, I believe the end of September. And then after that point, if there's no, if there's no policy reached, it kind of goes into the courtroom and, you know, federal attorneys kind of deciding what that looks like. But while that has been going on, the city has, you know, put together a contract for um, picking out a vendor for the body cam program and uh, and gone through with, with kind of selecting which vendor they want, which kind of came as a surprise to me and other people who've been following this because there's been so much, so much kind of concern and public uh, input earlier this year around who, you know, how a vendor would be selected. As you'd expect, there's certainly a lot of, certainly a lot of concerns with kind of companies that operate body camera, you know, police surveillance technology in some ways. And the one that the city ended up going with, they went through like a, a normal kind of bidding process with other, uh, with other companies, but they unsurprisingly kind of went with the one that has the biggest monopoly on body cameras right now, which is called, uh, Axon. And you might not be familiar with the name, but you might be familiar with their previous name, which was Taser. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, so the company that produces these body cams, they kind of pivoted from making tasers. I mean, Taser is the name of a company before it was the name of a tool. Wow. Um, the, the company created tasers and created, helped police officers and Police departments create policy to go with how to use tasers and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, they reached a point where they decided to pivot to body cameras a few years ago and change their name because their name, um, kind of is just one kind of one tool. And so it, they didn't really get rid of their, their legacy in doing so. Um, there's a lot of concerns with the way that taser company has operated in the past couple decades that has given folks pause as to, you know, should this be the company, is this a company to trust, you know, handling all of this, um, this technology and handling this kind of, this, this program that a lot of members of the community are really kind of cagey about or really, you know, hesitant to, to get, to embrace. There's a lot of concerns around ownership of the technology, like will this company just hang on to what all the, the data and make it hard for folks to access it. You know, a lot of questions around how the city came to this decision too that I think, you know, earlier in the process, a lot of city officials said that they would involve the community in this decision and the fact that they did not, I think, is unsettling to a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, even yesterday, uh, there was a, a federal court hearing between the Department of Justice in the city of Portland over their settlement agreement that's been in the works for a long time. And um, one of the stipulations of that agreement in includes uh, body cameras. And, and we heard City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty in the courtroom saying, I, I have I had no idea that there had even been a body camera program selected until, you know, I read it in the, in the paper. And uh, so it seems... It seems really kind of behind closed doors mm. in a way that 
isn't going to build more community trust at all at this point. There isn't a ton of, you know, market bad behavior from Axon as a, uh, you know, player of body cameras. Like I said, there is just concern with the way that they've operated as a company before, um, before getting into body cams or around tasers. I mean, for the longest time, they argued that tasers could not kill anyone and that tasers were safe and they were a non-lethal way of you know, stopping just X mm-hmm. um, when, in fact, hundreds of people have, have died after yeah. this case. And, uh, and that was something that kind of a speaking point with a lot of members in the community saying, is this a trustworthy company? Will it, you know, will it be able to be held accountable if anything goes wrong? It's hard to say. Mm. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm like, is it hard to say? <laughs> hard to say for a journalist. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who can't just give that opinion, you know. Uh, but terrifying for um, little old me over here who is like that accountability piece. We were, we've were we been talking about that kind all of morning. all morning yeah. and mm-hmm. how it just is. It's just a talking point, Alex. It does, there's no like action or actionable items that are being implemented to keep these folks accountable. And it's, this is just kind of, you know, proof positive of that. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem very much like a box that's being checked to say, okay, we did, we did the accountability thing. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, but regardless, I mean, the city's still on track, you know, pending this policy from, the, the police union, the city's still on track to kick off their pilot program for a body worn camera program in, in the fall, around September, October. Um, you know, the city has set aside about $2.6 million, uh, dollars to, to create the program. So it will, it will be happening sooner rather than later. And we'll see actually kind of what that looks like. <sighs> I'm not looking forward to <laughs> the, uh, Horrific videos that are now become part of, you know, uh, the national gaze <laughs> for what's happening mm-hmm. here in Portland, you know. Yeah, <sighs> it is interesting kind of what fills the void in not having a body camera, um, you know, system in our police officers. I mean, we have, we still have a lot of people, a lot of, uh, when there is a, a shooting or an incident that's, you know, worth, like, really evaluating uh that police are involved in. We we have security camera footage, we have witness videos from their cell phones, we have, you know, it's kind of cobbled together the view of what's going on. And it's still, you know, it's still kind of nods to the fact that we live in a surveillance state maybe, mm-hmm. um, despite having a body cam. But um it will be it will be interesting to see if anything really changed with after adding cameras to um to officers. You know, there is a lot of studies and research showing that um while there might be a slight decline in the beginning of uh implement cameras on the number of uses of force police officers, you know, deploy, it doesn't long term it doesn't have that big of an effect because there already are so many other kind of cameras pointing officers these days. So yeah. um yeah. Alex, thank you for the update. As always. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I'm sure the story cool. will continue to develop. Yes. We'll, we will, we will try every attempt possible to stay cool. 
Right. Can't can't wait to talk to you next week. Um, do your yeah. best to stay cool. Don't stay get evicted cool. while you're trying to stay cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That was Alex Zelensky, news editor of the Portland Mercury. Tune in every Thursday at eight forty five AM to hear an update from the Mercury right here on News My Fiance on X Ray FM. Before we go, just want to mention because you brought up a good point mm-hmm. while we were on a music break. That in Newburgh, we're going to go back to that Newburgh story really fast. Mm-hmm. In Newburgh, there are uh, citizens, you know, community members that are coming together. They're donating. They're offering to purchase standing units for those folks that are facing eviction. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, really I dope. also do not think that that's how this is supposed to work. And that is the kind of thing that one of our news, you know, stations is going to pick up as this feel good story. And really, as feel good as that is, that uh, you are hearing these, um, you know, folks call in and say nobody should be treated that way. And I will do my best to make sure that that person stays cool. The the real headline there is that the government will kick you out of your low income housing. They will make you choose either housing or potential death. Yeah. In conditions that you are not used to living in. And that's not how we're supposed to keep, like, this is, this should not be what has to happen to right. keep people alive in their homes during heat waves or during cold snaps. Like, there should be no, uh, this, this shouldn't be the community comes together and buys things. The community comes to be- together and changes policy. And how do they do that? accountability so i won't give the station a high five i'll give them a high three for bringing you know this story to the public and allowing actually doing a call and allowing listeners uh and viewers uh to give them the information they need to respond and and react and great this is great that's that's a positive uh result of media handling part of their job the other part of that job is though while citizens are responding someone on that team investigated journalism someone who is the person that had the final say? Let's get them. Let's get a statement. Let's get that interview. You need to explain to us on camera or written why this was the only option you had. And moving forward, how do we change that? Because this 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 can't be it. Also, the calls that are being made to help people are only for the people that were highlighted in that one story, yep. right? And those aren't going to be the only people in Newburgh facing eviction. There are people that's, who are going to get kicked out. There's not just one low-income yeah. housing place there. Uh, so the other people un- that were not highlighted in that story are never going to, you know, they're not going to get a donation. They're not going to get a, a standing air conditioner. Because nobody knows that they're out there facing eviction. No. Nope. This is bigger than the community, and I shout out to the community always, forever, and always. Mutual aid is how we make it, honestly. But this is, it's not supposed to be that way. I am not a person who doesn't believe that government can work. Government absolutely can, and it should, and we should demand it. So, yeah. This is Dynamite Show. <laughs> TNT. Today's show is made possible thanks to Morgan Jones and DJ Ambush, our engineer, Nebraska Lucas. Newswriter Brian Miller, podcast editor Kyle G, 
And you got to Alex Zelensky. As always, remember, poverty is a policy choice. Those are hard things. Yeah. Poverty is a policy choice. Power to the people. And none of us are free until... We're all free. Hello. Thanks for listening. Bye.